Welcome to episode 101, round five of our intimacy series, this part, Intimacy and MS. Today we are joined by Mistress Magenta, who is an American dominatrix living on the Gold Coast of Australia. She's also a fellow MSer. So listen up. And using her words, <laughs> I am Mistress Magenta, and that is how you shall address me. <laughs> the following content is intended for a mature audience only. Please be advised that the podcast is meant for entertainment purposes. We do not endorse or promote products. The Myelin and Melanin podcast discusses the life experiences of the hosts and their guests. Each guest that appears consents to sharing their personal story and experience. If you have questions regarding your sexual health, please consult your medical team. Also, the Myelin and Melanin podcast is not a substitute for therapy. We are not providing medical, psychological, or religious advice whatsoever. Should you become pregnant, it's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're a fan of the podcast, please consider supporting us through our Patreon. Patrons gain exclusive access to bonus content, giveaways, myelin and melanin merchandise, and more. Our Patreon can be found at patreon.com forward slash myelin melanin. We also want to give a special thanks to our music producer, Shah Severe, for providing our podcast music over the past three seasons. Welcome, Mistress Magenta. We have been waiting for you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> patiently waiting. <laughs> I'm so excited to be on the show. I'm a huge fan. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, before we get started, we have a mood-setting question for you. Okay. Uh, we've been asking a few people. So, uh, yeah. What song, and we're sure you have many, what song gets you in the mood or what song gets Mistress Magenta in the mood? <laughs> it's actually funny. I do have a, um, a Spotify playlist of different, different songs. Uh-huh. I'll say, ooh. it's hard, right? It is. I always love, love a, a shaggy song, maybe bombastic. Um, but ooh. then the first thing that came to mind though, when you, when you asked was, and it feels like too cliche, but now, but, um, uh, like Riri and her, um, Rihanna and her, uh, you know, whips and chains song. Um, just, it's like such a power or, or bitch better have my money too. That's okay. <laughs> yes. I just love like any kind of like female, like female empowerment song, like of a woman who, who I find as like a really good, strong female role model. Uh -huh. Um, just kind of like, you know, you want to get into her mindset. Yes. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Love that. Yes. So, Mistress Magenta, so in planning for this series, we've been speaking with several different thought leaders and people 
who do work in the intimacy field. And two of the major themes that we've been discussing throughout the series are surrender and trust, kind of big topics. But with that said, what do surrender and trust mean to you as relates to the type of intimacy work that you do? So when it comes to, I think that pretty much any, the foundation of any um, relationship, friendship, when it comes to being in the community, that's the basis for it all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty empathetic mistress, um, Mm -hmm. dominatrix. And so I find it really important to sit down with people before I play with them, to talk, to talk with them, to know a little bit about how they got into it, their experiences and what they get out of each thing. And I feel like that helps in the journey of building trust and also building on play. You know, Mm -hmm. someone is not going to trust me when they're in, I mean, part of the fun of it is being a little bit scared when you're in bondage for some people. Right, Um, right. But, you know, building that trust for people who need to have a little bit more trust to be fully bondaged. Yes. Um, They need to have trust that I've, that I know what I'm doing and I'm not going to hurt them. Right. But I care about their, you know, their well-being, you know, making sure that I know what their, um, their uh, physical abilities, disabilities Mm -hmm. are. Um, making sure that we have a safe word and that they know that I'll respect it the second it, it they mm-hmm. they say it. Um, right. Know that I have the safety equipment where if I'm tying them up or something that I have safety safety shears, if not multiple sets at hand. Right. Or if something happens, I can get them down as quickly as possible. Right. Interesting. It is so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think I think no, you know, and and like I said, you know, they're one of the, and I think an important thing is know, knowing how to do some of the, some of the different types of play and knowing how to do it safely. Cause mm-hmm. there are unsafe, as weird as this sounds, there are safe and unsafe ways to flog someone or whip someone. Like, right. you know, you don't want to whip them or flog them in their spine or kidneys. Like mm-hmm. there are certain areas that are safer than others. So, you know, it's knowing that I've taken the time to learn that kind of stuff right. to make sure that they are as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a really good point. Because I suppose you really can't surrender if you haven't trusted, trusted. That's right. the yeah. folks that you're playing with. Yeah. yeah. And I think it I think it adds I think it adds to it when you when you when you trust someone. Because then you, you can go you can push the boundaries more the more the more you develop your, your relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just like in any relationship. Right, right. With all of that being said, what does intimacy mean to you? I think telling, you know, being so close to someone that you can tell them your innermost workings, your innermost Mm -hmm. psychologies, like not feeling like you have to, not feeling like you have to filter yourself with somebody Mm -hmm. is what I I would consider intimate is like feeling like you can show them everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like what I was saying in a previous episode about intimacy for me means being vulnerable. It's like completely exposing that vulnerability. Perfect Mm -hmm. word. Perfect word. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So would you mind, Mistress Magenta, telling us 
who you are, you know, telling, telling us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the world of kink? Sure. Um, so <clears throat> I've always had interest in, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, Ooh, there's a belt over there. Maybe I should use it to tie up my partner's hands or something like right. that. You know, it's always been something that I've been interested in. Oh, there's a, a scarf. Maybe I should cover his eyes. Uh, but then after I was diagnosed I, uh, with MS, which was a few years ago, I felt super out of control and mm -hmm. it bled into my life in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And one of, you know, and it was one of those things where after that was the first time I went to a kink club and it was the first time where I was like, I, I transitioned to doing a lot of things that I had been thinking about for a while that I okay. hadn't done. And kink was one of them. I was living in this U S at the time. Um, I currently live in Australia. So you had not indulged in the world of kink prior to your diagnosis this is all like no. not really like not not in any way that was like the kink community like like okay. i said like with partners i had been like hey there's a belt maybe i should you know whip you whip you with it but i didn't right. like you know or you know do like little little dominant things i mean i think like the world of kink is so broad Right. You can explore it in your day-to-day -day lives because so many people participate in kink in so many different ways. Like, like when I was in college, I had a boyfriend with a foot fetish. Um, mm -hmm. That wasn't me exploring kink. That was him feeling comfortable sharing with me one of uh, the things that turned him on, in my right. opinion. But I never went to a club. I never engaged with the kink community until after my diagnosis. And that's when I decided to start becoming educated on it. Um, mm -hmm. Cause I think, you know, once you get involved a little bit more, I mean, I think anyone should be educated if you're tying anyone up or, or right. whipping them or doing whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I started making friends within the community and kind of figuring out where my interest in the BDSM and kink community lie. And mm -hmm. my interests are in domination and dominating someone made me feel in control of everything that I couldn't, that was around me that I couldn't right. control. Um, and I Absolutely. think that's what was felt so empowering. And I think it was probably on multiple levels, not just the MS, but you know, at the time I was working in a very male dominated industry where, okay. you know, I'm a very alpha female. <laughs> uh -huh. I was getting pushed down a lot and, you know, and on top of, you know, not feeling super strong all the time, you know, it, it was a, you know, and it still is. I and I think it's a a great way to feel super empowered, and it that's what it does for me. It 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 uh, feeds my need to to feel empowered in the world in the world I'm living in. Right, right, right. You know, as as we were preparing for this episode and speaking with you, it, it just seemed at first it was not it wasn't uncomfortable it was odd for me because i'm not familiar with this world i mean of mm -hmm. course i've read about it i've heard and all these yeah. things you know it but it's it's interesting and i always had the interest but mm -hmm. now it's like wow this is really exciting and i can say that because of being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis like like you said it takes away so many things from you and control is like the yes one. <laughs> mm -hmm. and yeah. so what is exciting about this mm -hmm. is that hey I found something that I can control 
and it, mm-hmm. it's pleasing and it's the pleasure in this, I guess, uh, setting or scenario with a right. partner is exciting yeah. to me because I yeah. gain my control back, you know, for yeah. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, yeah. whatever, however long it is. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, exactly what you said, Don. It's, you know, somebody else taking pleasure in me being and exerting my control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because so many times when you are, when you have a chronic illness or disability, you're kind of, and I, I guess I want to step back and I'm not, I don't want to talk as though this is a novelty because that irritates me. And I, I'm not going to speak for you, Mistress Magenta, but I'm going to assume as somebody who is in, who does, who's in the field, like it irritates me when people talk about the kink community, like it very like kind of fluffy novelty terms. Mm, I don't know. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, oh, I, I see a whip and I'm, you know, like, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't understand, like, I, a lot of people have this idea of the, what the kink community is based on, right. like, Hollywood movies, like, right, right. 50 Shades of Grey, yes. and there's right. so many, the thing is, there's so many kinks, and, like, kinks you wouldn't even think about, like, I was at a club two weekends ago, and there was this guy that got tied to a bed, and had four girls just tickling him, and that was his kink, so it's mm-hmm. not always like people, I think people always go first to like, oh, it's, you know, a woman in fully leather, whips right. and chains. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. That, there's all different types of fetishes. Um, and there was another person who, who attends the club a lot who just carries around shoes and mm. wants to be stepped on. Wow. Which is also a very power, powerful feeling thing to, <laughs> to step up. So, you know, right, those, right. And, but not everyone is, it gets excited about doing that, like, you know, doing that and stuff like that. So it's, there's like so many different kinks out there and it's not just the whips and change and not even all dominatrixes um, will look the same. I mean, there are plenty of the idea of like being in full latex or a full cat suit mm-hmm. is, is a Hollywood ideal of a dominatrix. I know so many yes. dominatrixes that, their attire that they wear as a dominatrix you wouldn't be able to distinguish it from them walking down the street because it's really not about the outfit um, the outfit it's about the control <laughs> right. I yeah. mean if someone's if someone's fetish is latex or leather or something like that you know the outfit can make a difference but um you know it's it, for a lot of people who want to be submissive or be dominant it's about that control dynamic. It's more about the mental part of it. And so one of the dominatrices that I had trained under, she was telling a story about this coffee shop she would go to every day and she would grab a cup of coffee. And she realized that some days the guy would give her free coffee and some days he wouldn't and she couldn't figure it out. And then one day Mm -hmm. she realized if she was wearing like a leather jacket or leather boots, all of a sudden she'd get a free cup of coffee and realize really? that the barista must have some kind of maybe, I mean, maybe right. the assumption that she might have some kind of fetish and the way that she carries herself, she gives off this like very powerful woman right. type thing. So it just, it That's was almost like, it was almost like an unsaid thing that every right. you know, that was known. Right. That is so interesting. It's yeah. funny that we're talking about attire because I remember when I was teaching full time and people, you know, if I would be out at like happy hour or something, this was before my MS became super 
you know, noticeable, I guess it was still invisible. Um, people would say, Oh, what do you do? You know? And, and I would say, Oh, I'm a teacher. And then I would have like weird, creepy <laughs> guys say things to me like, Oh, I have a ruler, yeah. you know, or, or can you dress up or even guys that I dated in the past? Like, Oh, would you ever think about doing this or that? And so that was their kink, you know? And I just thought, mm. Oh God, that again, yeah. that's associating the typical Hollywood right. ideal of yeah. what this is, you know, supposed to look like. And right. But unfortunate. it is, but it is but but it is also a strong connection too because um you know a lot of these kinks and stuff come about in childhood so a lot mm -hmm. of you know a lot of people men and women when they're first feeling their first feelings a lot of times it's for a teacher so those yeah. connections are so strong that again you can that's why it's a it's a pretty it, it's a pretty common one i think because it's also one that people feel most comfortable about expressing because it's not like a taboo one right and so i think you get that most commonly because society has made it yeah. okay that that's an okay kink to express right yes um and but i think a lot of people probably have then that's and, and a lot of people who have the schoolgirl thing also have the kind of dominate i mean obviously they just want some of them just want a dominant woman but they're allowed to express it by saying they want to do the teacher fantasy, right, but really, right. like they don't really care about the teacher part of it. They just want the having the dominant. a dominating woman. Yes. Well, yes. speaking of education, you you said the word, uh, you used that word earlier, mm -hmm. and and then now that we're talking about teaching in school, <laughs> um, would you mind sharing a little vocabulary to just to kind of get people to understand, like? what is um, a dom or a sub? And, you know, like, what are some things that people who aren't in this world, what do they need to know, I guess? What do you think they would some want to know? vocabulary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess, I mean, like I was just saying about the dominant, um, mm. a, a dominant person is just an author authoritarian. They take the, they're the one that's in control of either mm. the relationship or the scene. And, it's, mm. and a scene is like, Sorry, I take for granted that people sometimes don't know that. I'm like, oh yeah, scene, blah, blah, blah. Like people are like, are you doing play? <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, it's, um, you know, if you're with a friend or partner and you're like, you know, you're like, tonight, let's tie, let's tie you up and do this or do that. Um, here are the safe words, here are this. That's negotiating before the scene. So everyone knows what's going to happen. Everyone knows what people's, what people's boundaries are and what boundaries shouldn't be crossed. Right. And so there's so much communication in BDSM. Um, and so in a scene, it's like, this is what we're doing for this hour or half hour or whatever. And then it's over and then the scene's over. And then we go back to our normal lives or whatever. <laughs> um, right. But there are some people who are lifestyle dominance and lifestyle submissives. And those people have a relationship where one person is a dominant and one person submissive. And that is how they live their lives. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's very, that's very common, I think, and was, was very common in, you know, the fifties, they just, they just called it being married. Um, right. right. The, man was, the man was dominant and the woman was submissive. Now I think the label, I mean, this is just my opinion. Like I'm asterisk. I am by no means an expert in BDSM. These are just my personal opinion. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but I think that the label started when men were like, whoa. I want someone to take control. I want to be at of service of a woman. And then they were like, well, we have to label this because this is not, this is outside the norm of how society works. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So then a submissive, I guess, is a, the person who's, a, who's in service to the dominant. Okay. So, um, but both people's needs, like in a, in a healthy relationship, both people's needs should be being met. A lot of times with a submissive, there are part of their needs are to please the dominant. Like they are, they get pleasure from giving their dominant pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it's not always sexual too. Like, you know, sometimes just a foot rub, clean, like cleaning the house, you know, if, you know, you co- or cooking dinner or something like that, it mm-hmm. can be just a, a, a level of service that you do for your partner or dominant or whatever. That's a running um, theme, isn't it, Dana? Like, yeah, that's a running theme. And, and most of these episodes that we've been recording, like most of this, well, a lot of people say a lot of it's not sexual, like yeah. actual intercourse. Right. Yeah. Yes. It, it's barely any of it is actual cis gender penis and vagina intercourse. Like it's, right. it, that's so little of it. And it's funny because just, um, you know, when I started in the industry or, you know, you know, in the kink community, I, mm-hmm. you know, I started asking when I was on dates with people, you know, and we were going to, you know, we were back in my place getting intimate for the first time. What are you into? And they stop and they'd be like, if they weren't in the kink community and they were just, you know, someone that I met somewhere in right. normal life, they'd like stop and be like, wait, what? And I'm like, well, like, what are you into? And they'd be like, well, we're not just going to do like regular sex. Do I'm what? like, well, what? I was like, well, what's, what, I was like, well, what's regular sex? Like the thing is yeah. like someone one day defined that a penis and a vagina is regular sex and that's what pleases everybody. But that's right. in my experience, not what pleases a lot of people. The people just don't ask that ahead of time. It's always like the assumption when you're, when you're, you know, making out on a couch and you just come back right. from a heterosexual date that the making out's going to lead to very heterosexual sex, but that's not right what necessarily pleases people. Some people enjoy other things, but no one actually stops and talks about what they're interested in. Right. Can I just stop right here for one second? Yeah, I, yeah, don't know. I feel so deprived. I am in <laughs> my forties and I, you talking about this and, and asking someone, what are you into? Like if somebody were to ask me that, I'd be like, what do you mean? What am I into? I would have the same reaction because I don't think I've ever, and this is the God's honest truth here. I've never really explored what, I don't know what I like. I, I know what's quote normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I was told that I could ask any questions, so I'm going to go for it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> when, when you're, when you're starting to explore what you're quote unquote into, I always tell people to start with when you look at porn, what kind of porn are you searching? You know? Right. you know a lot of people don't think about it but they're like well in the porns that you watch what are you looking at are you looking at you know people's butts people's feet you know when people when when you see when you see someone get spanked is that like maybe you want to explore that more like ever you know most people who get into flogging and whipping their first their first thing isn't flogging or whipping it's oh I was watching this porn and I got really like excited when that person got spanked like right maybe I want to spank someone or maybe I want to get spanked. And then it, you know, then you explore the spanking and then you, you know, move on from, from there to other things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of thinking about like when you, when you're looking to be turned on, mm-hmm. what parts of a porn or what, even like if you're reading porn, what parts of that excite you? Right. Is it the part where the man, you know, 
takes the woman in her, his arms and like, you know, tells her to get down on his knees, or her knees, maybe that, maybe, you know, you have submissive tendencies. If it's a woman, you know, you know, wearing high heels and, you know, standing over a man, maybe you're, you know, it's just, it just really right. depends, but it's a kind of like think go, going into that and thinking like, what, what about the act turns you on can right. kind of help you figure out what things to start exploring. I think I like both. <laughs> I mean, I know you're not asking me, <laughs> well, but I'm just telling you. No, I, like no I, I would love to hear the answer. Yeah. I mean, and that brings another uh, term, which is switch, which there are plenty of people in the community that uh, are both submissive and dominant. And, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, if you have a relationship with a partner, you're like, you're like, okay, so who's going to go on top today? Like the person that I'm, one of my partners texted me yesterday, uh, like a little meme that was like, so who's on, like, who's on type top today or something like, something like that right. kind of thing. Oh gosh, I wish I could remember exactly what it said. But yeah, it was just like some kind of like little meme like that. And it's just, it was just like a fun little thing. And I was like, you know, and then I texted, so he was like, uh, want to be on top or bottom tonight was the thing. And I texted him back rock paper scissors lizard spock which is from um, <laughs> right. from big bang theory right um, so yeah. it's one of those kind of things yeah i mean there's one of those just like any type of like sexual spectrum you have some people who are more dominant you know they might be it might be like 70 30 but like every you know you do things that may not be your favorite but you don't hate to right. for your partner and vice versa so so you know I feel like I'm more predominantly dominant. Um, I'd say probably like closer to 70, 30, where I'm like 70% dominant, but like 30% submissive. Like, right. So, you know. What about you, Dana? Yeah. Let's I'll also say. say what, do you, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? So I'll just say this, and I'm not going to say too much, but Aww. I will say, not, not that I don't want to, I'll just say this. I am not a foreigner to this topic. And, mm. um, and now I've not, I'm not going to say that, like, I'm not a newbie, like to like a, a kink situation. However, mm. okay. My percentage, I, you know, I would honestly say 50, 50. Mm. I, me too. I would honestly say that. Cause it's not all, it's not one or the other. Now with all that being said, like I've only ever like really been open and honest not honest but just like open and vulnerable with a with one other person who I was in a relationship with in this context and we were in a long-term relationship so but we were comfortable with each other we were open that being said I don't know if it was him that like allowed me to explore this 50 50 Mm -hmm. uh range spectrum or whatever but yeah so to answer a roundabout way I think yeah 50 50 I think that's yeah. a fair balance I, I'm definitely 50 yeah. 50 right now I, and I can honestly say the reason why I haven't really like gotten into this and and explored is because I haven't felt that trust I have not mm -hmm. surrendered and I haven't felt super comfortable yeah um and then I also have my own issues where I'm like, oh, I'm too thin, blah, 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 my body, you know, body issues and all that right. stuff plays, plays into it, but I'm over it now. So I, I look forward to, to using that word again, right. but exploring and just kind of letting go and, and really maybe raising the, um, 
percentage. Maybe I'm more right. 60 or 70. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Having a partner that you trust is the best kind yes. of uh, platform to bounce off of from because there are going to be a lot of things where you're going to be like, I want to explore this. And if you don't trust the person fully, mm-hmm. you're not going to open up fully to them about the things you want to explore. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that's pro- uh, probably the best place to start off. Stay tuned for part two of our conversation with Mistress Magenta. It'll start streaming soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can always subscribe to us on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.